All right, so someone's going to hear me in just a moment. So what, what I did is, because last week I was playing around with the uh, Insta360 camera just here, I plugged that in and I had two different inputs. And then for reasons unknown, they didn't both work today. Neither of them worked. So I removed them. Much better. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I removed this, like physically unplugged it. I'm going back. You know how you're troubleshooting something? You're going back through, what are all the things that I did before? And then I only had this, but that wasn't working. So I added this one again. This is the Sony one, the one I normally use in front of me. I added it again, and what it did is it also added the audio source that's in there, so you got crappy audio. Okay, that's fine. We got that. I can edit that other bit out later on for people that watch this later. If you're watching this later, everything was fine. Don't worry about it. Okay, so we're going to do a pretty clean start here. I'm just going to say uh, on the tweet here, uh, I'm live at last. I'm liver. I'm not liver. <laughs> I'm live. Okay, that's the tweet. Bam. Okay, so what I was saying when my sound was crap and you had all sorts of problems, camera scenes are tad high. Yes, for the panelling guys. Thank you. Let's put that down a little bit. Uh, yep. Happy now, Wayne. <laughs> or I could just sit up a little bit. Uh, so what I was explaining when I came here is I, I was rushing just a little bit at the last moment. That's why a whole bunch of stuff didn't work. I was, well, I was making coffee, let's be honest. But uh, I normally leave time for that. I was trying to put out a thread on this gun auction website. And I'm going to talk about the gun auction data breach in just a moment because it's it's pretty wild. And I haven't finished the thread either. The thing that bugs me the most is still uh, still not even in the thread. I'll talk about that in a moment. Let's start with sponsor Collide again. We are seeing a recurring theme. Collide is a long-term, frequent, will be seen many more times sponsor. Collide ensures only secure devices can access your cloud apps. It's device trust tailor-made for Okta. Book a demo today. Many regular listeners here, you've heard about Collide before. If a device isn't secure, it can't access your apps. Collide ensures that that is the case. Uh, we're all going for, for zero trust and all that, and that would be wonderful. But we also want to make sure that endpoints are secure. Go and check out Collide. Big thanks to them for allowing me to tinker with technology, get things wrong, recover, and get into the topic of the day. Guns. Gee, I'm glad I did this in the morning when America's up as well. Let's just talk about the breach. We'll avoid the gun discussion. We'll just talk about the breach. Now, uh, this has just gone into Have I Been Pwned, 560-somethings, 1,000 individuals, about 83% of them are not their first rodeo on Have I Been Pwned. So that's a fairly high percentage of people. Uh, very often you'll see that with like techie kind of sites because us techie people seem to create accounts all over the place for some reason. Guns a little bit high, a little bit high. Um, fun fact that I haven't put in any of the threads or anything so far is obviously this service hasn't notified anyone. And in fact, I think that the uh, the TechCrunch story here by Lorenzo uh, says that they will be notifying people. Uh, our intention is to inform affected users very soon. Now, that would have been a good response two months ago when they found out about this. We'll talk about timeline in a moment. Anyway, I've informed a lot of people because there were nearly 3,000 individual gunauction.com users who are my subscribers, and there were another almost 3,000 people monitoring domains. So I have just sent almost 6,000 emails. They're going to get some phone calls and some emails themselves, which 
based on their previous form, I'll probably just ignore. Let's talk about the previous form. I'm actually going to open the disclosure document. So I get a lot of people sending me stuff and there are all kinds of people, as you can imagine, sending me stuff. This person is exceptionally good at what they're doing here. Now, they did say that I could talk about the timeline. Uh, They said, don't sort of share the document verbatim, but I'll give you a sort of broad brush of what's happened here. So someone has reached out to me a couple of weeks ago now at the end of their tether, not having been able to make progress with this. It is someone who is, we use the, the, the term security researcher a little bit generically. It seems that everyone who gets their hands on a data breach is suddenly a security researcher. Uh, I get called that all the time. I don't know if that's a fair term or not. But there's a big difference between a kid with a data breach and someone who, in this case, is clearly an InfoSec professional because I've written up a sensational initial incident brief here. Uh, now, this is, uh, this is a five-page document. It's got a lot of information in here about how they discovered a threat actor, as we say in the industry, with some of their things exposed, including within their stash of stuff, this particular website. Now, I won't go too much into the weeds of that because it's not really the story here. The story is the disclosure timeline here. 1st of January, the researcher reaches out to the gun auction website. First of Jan, Happy New Year, you've been pwned. He reaches out to other various entities as well, including the hosting provider uh, for the website. He does get a reply from the website on the 4th of January. Not too bad, three days later, it's the start of the year too, cut the, cut the company some slack. Now, uh, he's got this 4th of January. He's also gone through, and I've already said this in the tweet thread, he's also gone through, notified the FBI CISA and the ATF. So he's like ticking all the right boxes here. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's guns, right? And we're going to talk more about why this matters in a moment. Now, somewhere along the, the road here, the website has responded to him. It looks like they've had, it looks like about eight days worth of uh, communication, after which not. <laughs> so I'm just looking at the timeline here as we get into the middle of Feb and they're trying to contact the service and just not getting anywhere. So uh, we then begin some dialogue. I do eventually get a copy of the data, which of course is now in Everbend Pwn. And I made attempts, as I was in the tweet thread, I made attempts to get in touch with the service. The closest I got is I think I got the owner of the service to send me a public tweet and then I asked for more details or kind of, I forgot, it's on the public timeline, you'll find it. Uh, nothing happened. Now, there are several things that, that just make this extraordinarily bad. And we'll, like, we'll start with the topic. Now, uh, <laughs> how do you approach it delicately? I'm not from America. I don't really understand the gun thing. Uh, pretty much everyone outside America doesn't either. Just putting it out there to, to give a little bit of a caveat. But I would imagine that... Something like guns require a bit of delicacy, right? Now, to, to be fair, like I've shot guns before, and it was a bit of fun, and yada, yada, yada. It's, it's not so much that. It's more the, the, the infiltration into the mainstream. It's very unusual outside of, uh, outside of North America, let's say. Now, uh, on this website, it is online gun auctions, guns for sale. 
and as we flick through here we can see a lot of handgun style things we have some hunting rifles here uh i didn't actually look how how full on does it oh there's a big money section what's in the big money section i'm kind of curious now um okay we're, we're only like two and a half grand for uh, other guns <laughs> class three what is a class three nfa uh smith and Wething avenger smg jersey it it looks like what I would imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger to hold. It's a fifteen thousand dollar gun. Jeez, fifteen thousand dollars. Buy it now. It looks like an Uzi. <laughs> uh, let's just agree. There's a lot of guns on the website, and it is designed for people to buy them via auction. Hence the name. Now, uh, I, I think the the point here is that you would imagine that the privacy of the individuals selling the weapons is probably more important than if they were trading cats. <laughs> I have a cat, I'm selling it. Uh, not too much can go wrong. It's, it's, it's a cat. This, this is an Uzi. Uh, it's, it, it's, I'm just saying it's a different thing. It's a more important thing. So let's get to the data. What is in the data? The data has, I've still got it open here in front of me actually, a lot of columns, a lot of columns. First name, last name, email, password one and password two, which two interesting things about that. First of all, <laughs> they're both the same. Second of all, they're all in plain text. It is 2023. We have a site with more than half a million users with guns and the passwords are in plain text. What the actual, like, and they're exactly the sort of passwords you would expect people to have. All people. Damn. Oh, also, some of these are like six characters long too. Oh, here's a great one. This looks like it came out of password purgatory. This person's password is cat number two dog. That's definitely a password purgatory criteria. Wow. Anywho, <laughs> so what else did we have in here? Uh, we've got uh, company name. Obviously, some of these are, uh, um, you know, like gunsmiths and so on. We've got addresses. We've got cities. We've got states. We've got zip codes, phone numbers, fax numbers. Some of this goes back a while. User origin. Uh, nicknames, which look to be, uh, could be usernames. We've got a whole bunch of timestamp here. We have got the card type. Now, just remember, there is partial card data here. Visa, Discover, MasterCard, all the sort of stuff you'd expect. The country, as best I can tell, it is all USA. Oh, one of those, as I scrolled through the CSV, was not. One of them was null. Okay, it's either USA or null. And then there are browser user agents here as well. Uh, incidentally, it was just a little bit hard to work out the date. There's some very, very strange date formatting here where it's like it's as best I can tell, year, month, day, hour, min, second, with no uh, no delimiting or anything at all. Not usual to see that. Bunch of other stuff in here. IP address is in here. Um, other site-specific information. Here's where I'm going with this. <coughs> If I go and have a look at the story from TechCrunch, 
And I, I literally laughed out loud when I read this one. I was sitting there watching the sunrise with Charlotte and I started laughing and she's like, what's up? I was like, let me, let me just read this to you. Fine. I can confirm. This is from the CEO, Manny De La Cruz. I can confirm that we were recently contacted by the FBI regarding the possibility of a data breach that has affected our company. De La Cruz wrote the statement. The breach likely exposed personal customer information. More than likely, mate. And you should know this because it sounds like the security researcher did provide this information. Likely exposed personal customer information like names, addresses, and email addresses. This is the funny bit. However, we want to reassure our customers that we have no reason to believe that any financial information was accessed during the breach. Now, that's not funny because of the fact that there was partial card data in there anyway. It's funny because what has been leaked, uh, the very important point here I didn't mention. <laughs> if you go to the gun, let's, let's go to the Uzi here. Okay, this is being sold by Meet the Seller. The seller's handle is win458. Now, I'm saying Uzi in a very liberal sense as well. I don't know if it's an Uzi. It, it, it looks like an automatic Uzi. <laughs> win458. Now, you can't get information about who Win458 is here, I assume, because the guy is packing an Uzi and you don't necessarily want to point people to where the Uzi is. But you can take the Win458 handle and go to the data breach and get Win458's real name, address, phone number, gender, year of birth, IP address, and who knows what you do after that once you have that information. So to, to sort of say, don't worry, your credit card is okay. And remember, this is the thing where if your credit card gets gets compromised, your bank normally ref, refunds you any fraudulent transactions and you go and get another card and you update your direct debits. If your personal information gets exposed, for the most part, that's immutable. In all practical terms, your home address is immutable as well. You're not just going to move house because someone's data breached you. Wow. So I, I feel like many may have missed the significance of what has been leaked in this data breach. Oh, jeez. Let's look at the comments. Hmm. Richard, greeting from Queenstown. Ah, we're going there next month. How about that? Gus, I think the Second Amendment is meant for a long time ago, but as an Aussie, that's easy to say. It's easy to say because it makes sense. <laughs> also, it's an amendment. Just amend it. Anyway, let's not go down that rabbit hole. We don't have the time for that. Uh, Christian says, is password the most common password? I haven't done any analysis on the passwords. Um, <laughs> Stefan says, cat to dog, exclamation mark. Winter, that would be password purgatory criteria, I guess. Uh, what else we got in here? Gordon says, cat to dog has only been seen 1,705 times before. I assume in password purgatory since it is a reliable source. Oh, man. Tristan says, financial info is protected, though, uh, unlike Uzi's. Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, ben says, by the way, you know someone has implemented a script to run phone passwords against all the users in an AD. Yes, I do. And that's one of the reasons why we've been pushing the NTLM stuff. I've spoken about uh, all the good work Stefan, who is here with us today, has done on NTLM. We're going to talk about a lot of other really good work Stefan has done 
next week because I want to get a bit more data, but it's it's super cool. All right, so that's that one. I've got more data breaches to deal with today. <laughs> Not in this update, but afterwards. So let me move on because I want to talk about some other stuff. Now, where did we uh, where did we get to? Where's my list? Ticket counter. So a little quick one here, and I, I just saw this pop up on my radar, and I thought it was interesting. Uh, so ticket counter is a Dutch ticket booking platform, which is then used by amusement parks and things like this. Someone got in touch with me a couple of years ago with the data, uh, and I went through the disclosure process. The it's a small business, uh, and it was the guy running that Dutch guy. Um, it was a lovely guy, and he took it very seriously. He did all the right things. It was very unfortunate. There are some. There was some dirty laundry, I guess, from memory in their data. I think it was down to things like the way passwords were stored or the usual kind of stuff. But he did a really, really good job with that. And he was just, I just remember him being so distraught. So I was happy to see in the news today that the Dutch authorities, who seem to be very, very good at uh, at the cyber things, managed to arrest three people. Uh, the ethical hacker, so the headline here is ethical hacker among three arrested for blackmail and ransomware attacks. The suspects are allegedly involved in hacking, issuing threats, stealing data, laundering money and extorting. The ethical hacker reportedly works for the Dutch vulnerability disclosure organization, the, v, uh, the DOVD, which is, um, which is sad because I do know people there and they do really, really good work. But some people are, I guess, just a bit on the fringe. Interesting fact here, the detainees are all young males. Okay, not so interesting. That's pretty predictable. Also, they're aged between 18 and 21. Also, not that surprising. But this is now, and the breach was years ago. So we're back again. This is going to segue really well into uh, my later topic. We're back again to opportunistic kids. And, and I say opportunistic because from memory there were some pretty egregious flaws and that led to the breach. Uh, I say kids because, well, they're, they're kids. So yeah, obviously one of them was 16. The oldest would have been 19. So it would have been pretty fair to say that it wasn't their, uh, their first go at this as well. You've got children committing crimes because of opportunity and low-hanging fruit. Remember that. We're going to come back to that when we get to my burglary. <laughs> Okay, so uh, ticket counter, happy to see those guys arrested. That's a good start here. Office acoustics. So I I can't move the camera because it's fixed um, to the wall with the acoustics on it. But I did a cool little video, a little bit of Space Odyssey theme song to it and some, some photos. I put them out a couple of days ago. It is finally done. And for those of you wondering what I'm talking about or looking at, more than a year ago now, we had a plan to improve both the acoustics and the aesthetics of my office. Uh, aesthetics because I, I live in here a lot and I often have media in here as well, so it's nice when it looks cybery, uh, and acoustics for obvious reasons. And what we decided to do was uh, a combination of, I've got some nice heavy curtains there, we replaced carpet, so a lot of sound ending stuff, uh, but none of it that looks like you're living in a studio either. And on the wall and the ceiling, we decided to put acoustic panelling in part because we have some friends slash neighbours who run uh, a business called Ortex. Uh, Ortex is, uh, I believe, a New Zealand origin uh, company. They normally do large office spaces, commercial stuff, and they can basically put anything on your wall uh, or make it look like anything with acoustic panelling. Like some of the stuff looks epic. So Charlotte found this design, which was like a, a grey panelling 
with uh, cutouts to look like lines that sort of come together like like lines, I guess, to at certain points. And then through those cutouts, you can see a darker grey behind it. And the idea was that it would go up the wall and seamlessly across the ceiling like this. So, And that's what we eventually have here. But the reason it took so long is that there are a few, but let's just move the easy ones. When you look at a room and it looks rectangular, or it looks like a cube, it, it's not. <laughs> like there's all these lines, which is just a little bit skew if. So to try and get everything to fit properly was very difficult. And particularly when we started to go up the wall and over the ceiling and we wanted all the lines to join up, I had major problems with that. So what we've ended up doing, and you probably won't even notice in the video, but we have sort of the lighter grey going all the way up to the ceiling and then instead of having the lighter grey from the ceiling come all the way to the wall, there's a thin strip of dark grey which just visually breaks up where the lines join. What it now means is the whole thing, I think to my eye, looks awesome. All the feedback so far has been awesome. And uh, finally, it feels like um, finally it feels like it's done. It looks really cool. But now, of course, I hear the fans <laughs> all the time. The fans in my PC and the fans in the NAS. So one of my next jobs is I've got to go and get some things like some Noctura fans or some of those really quiet ones to try and improve things there. So that will be that. Ubiquity AI 360 Cam. Now, just a very brief one on this. Uh, I put out one tweet. It didn't get much engagement. It kind of surprised me. Uh, so I want to explain it again. Ubiquity does send me stuff. They did send me this. So full disclosure, I did not did not pay for this one. But as part of all our houseworks, which I'll talk more about that in a moment, part of all our houseworks, I have been repositioning cameras and putting new cameras in new places, uh, and they have sent me a bunch of other cool stuff as well, some of which I can talk about, some of which I can talk about later. Now, the, the idea of this 360 cam is it looks like a little dish. It's almost like an upside-down bowl that you can sit. You can either put it on a wall or you can put it on a ceiling, and it does a complete fisheye view. So I'm looking at the one in our garage at the moment, which is an absolute mess with tradespeople and tiles and stuff everywhere but it's sitting on the ceiling in the middle and obviously it looks down but you've got a complete fisheye view around everything so it's like a big circle but then everything and there is a tweet that has this in there and how we can sort of scroll around it you can then hit the little mesh button here which like normalizes it and now it's just like it would be like a normal camera looking down with no fisheye and you can now scroll around and it's, it's a little bit reminiscent of that AI360 cam, or not AI360, Insta360 cam I was using the other day, where it's recording more than just a flat plane. And it records something that is a sphere that has more dimensions. And you can then go back and actually move it around. And it, it just looks awesome. Like you, we've got everything here. It's got such a cool field of vision. And of course, it's 4K. It records audio. It's also got a speaker so you can play through it. Integrates into Home Assistant. I can use it as a speaker in Home Assistant, I believe. Let's take a look. <laughs> Start talking to the tradespeople. Work faster. Finish my garage. Make it so that I can get the car off the street. Let's have a look. Integrations in Home Assistant. Uh, where are we here? And I go down. I will start. Uh, I should start screen sharing some of these. And I go to Garage. Um... Must have a must have speaker in here. Oh, it's got so much stuff. Status light. I'm sure. I, yeah, yes, it does. Speaker. Yes. 
There we go. All right. <laughs> I could have some fun with that later. All right. So that is uh, that is super, super cool. I'll, uh, I'll share a little bit more of that later on because I, I feel like I didn't do it justice when I posted about it the other day. Let's talk about burglary. Jeez. Now, I've spoken before here as well as on the Twitters and so on about having security cameras and about uh, opportunistic burglary in this area. And uh, it's it's a nice area. There's obviously some nice stuff here. We do find that on a fairly regular cadence, you end up with usually kids, uh, not always young males either, uh, interestingly enough. It seems to be a, a, a much more equal opportunity thing, the opportunistic burglary. People wandering around, randomly stealing shit, uh, sometimes getting into houses, sometimes taking car keys and like literally uh, literally stealing people's cars as well. So it's, it's, it's a bit of a worry. And in fact, a little while ago, I was saying, um, I was trying to set up license plate recognition after some very suspicious guys uh, were seen driving around. Now, let me quantify what I mean by very suspicious guys. When you've got a, a car full of four U's driving very slowly along, looking very carefully at every house and then doing laps, that's suspicious. Now, maybe they were house shopping. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they were genuine buyers, but it looks suspicious. Anyway, the point was, we're trying to like at least get a license plate. So if something gets stolen later on, it's like, okay, well, look, this looked really suspicious. Maybe it correlates. You can give it to the cops. So it happens after that. That led me down the license plate recognition path. The AI 360 bullet from Ubiquity actually does that. I've been playing with trying to get that to work reliably. It is down at the moment because we've pulled everything apart. But anyway, we've got this problem with opportunistic theft. Now, as part of all of our garage rebuilds, we are relaying tiles on our carport and out the front. Uh, the old ones were, there's a term called drummy, so you, you tap on them and it sounds hollow because a lot of the glue and stuff underneath has just been insufficient to begin with and then degraded and then the ground has moved and it's a mess. So all the tiles are up, they relay the tiles. Unfortunately, when they relay tiles, you can't drive on them for quite some time because the glue and everything's got to set. So I put the GTR at mum and dad's, locked away very securely in a shed. Right, GTR is safe. Took the Mercedes, the AMG E63S, a car I love, and I left it right outside the front of the driveway. And so I don't like having to do this. I don't like leaving it outside. It's normally behind locked doors and everything, and it's fine. But okay, we just have to do this for a short period of time. And then I get up about 48 hours ago, 48 hours and a bit ago, and every morning I move the car away from the driveway so the builders can come in. And the reason I leave it right on the driveway, I put it there and I had the PTZ camera zoomed and focused on it because the PTZ can pan, tilt, zoom the whole lot. So I got the car perfectly in frame. Now, I decided to do this like a week ago when I first started leaving it outside. And it's like, well, at least if anything happens, I'm going to have good video. <laughs> you know, like I can't necessarily stop stuff from happening, but I can have some nice uh, high definition 4K ubiquity PTZ camera <laughs> video pitch for ubiquity. So I did that. Now, there are lots of other things that we've been doing with our home security as well, without getting into too much detail about the things for obvious reasons, but stuff like only about a week ago, we bought uh, an actual safe for the keys. Now, I had implied this online because I'd sort of said to folks before, I want to find a way with Home Assistant where at the end of the day, 
if all the keys aren't in the safe, I get some sort of alert. So we actually have a proper safe. Uh, it is not a safe that you can just pick up and run away with, and it's also not a safe you can get into easily. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, and again, when you think about your threat actor, about the opportunistic kids, it basically means that no one's going to take keys and start cars so long as the keys are in the safe, which they were when this incident happened. So I get up, I go to move the car, and I get in the car, I get in the driver's seat, and I'm like, why is there like shit all over the passenger seat? And when I say shit, it was a bunch of face masks, which we'd had in the glove box, uh, because legacy, we haven't had to use them here for a long time, and uh, a pocket knife, or what I thought was a pocket knife, pocket knife cover uh, that I had always kept in the glove box, Swiss Army knife, because sometimes you got to cut some stuff or, you know, whatever. And then I'm like, ah, crap, I didn't have to unlock this to get in, did I? And I pull up the ubiquity footage on my phone uh, and at 4.45 in the morning, 15 minutes before I got up, there was someone in the car. And long story short, I've put tweets and videos and stuff out, but what's happened is someone has driven along the road this way at, it must have been 4.40 roughly. It's about 150 metres to the end of the cul-de-sac here and it's taken them five minutes before they've got back to our place. And as they're driving away, I could see it on the doorbell cam. They're driving very slowly. The brake lights are often flashing, so they're stopping and looking. They've come back the other way, double parked. So my car is parallel parked uh, across our driveway. So they've parked next to that. Only one person. Driver gets out, walks around, opens my car door, because like an idiot, I left it unlocked. Now, I went back through the footage to figure out why I was such an idiot and left it unlocked. And Charlotte and I had come back the day before. We were carrying a bunch of different stuff out of the car. We'd had a massive day for other reasons I'm going to talk about next week. Good reasons. And we just weren't paying attention. So, cocked up. User error. Left the door unlocked. So, anyway, I've gone in and I've seen the footage and it's just so, ah, crap. So, gone and shown Charlotte and then... We just started picking it apart. So we had two cameras that got really good footage. One was the PTZ on the roof, and then the other one was the doorbell. So first of all, shout out to Ubiquity. In all honesty, those cameras got awesome video. And everyone I showed later on was like, wow, that's, <laughs> that's really good video of the perpetrator. And what we worked out is that the guy's gotten in the, the driver's seat. He spent quite a bit of time in there, and he's fumbling around. And we realized later on, he's taken my pocket knife, and he's trying to get the blade open. Now this was, it was a Swiss army knife, but a little bit longer than usual. And it's one that has like a little safety catch so that you've got to push the safety catch just right to open the blade. Now he's sitting in there, the light in the car would have been on because he had the door open, but other, it's otherwise dark outside. He's trying to figure out how to open this thing. And now not only does he manage to eventually get the Swiss army knife open, it looks like he's tried to start the car by pushing the start button. Keys are in the key safe, so all good there. Uh, because he's a dickhead, he's decided... He no longer likes the white face mask that he was wearing when he got out of his car, which was probably stolen, and he's taken one of our black face masks and he's put that on because when he gets back out, he's wearing a different face mask. You can also see when he gets out of his car, he's barefoot. Now, it's very normal to be barefoot in this location, but he then notices the open gate and proceeds barefoot across the construction site in the dark to the open gate. And this is where there are multiple other failings. When we came home the day before, we went, oh, the gate's open. The gate is normally always shut. Now, this is just a hinged gate for pedestrians. 
And we realized very quickly that the gate was open because they had just tiled that section. And the new tiles were just that fraction higher than the old ones and the gate couldn't shut. We religiously keep that gate shut, but it was late in the day. All the tradespeople had gone home. We got back after everyone had already left. And we went, okay, first thing tomorrow, you got to fix the gate. So we left an opportunity. And in the tweet thread I put out, I said, you know, this is very, um, very much like... Uh, like cybersecurity in many ways, uh, the, the opportunism of the whole thing, the uh, you know, you've got to get it right every time, they've only got to get it right once, uh, it just takes one single error, but then also things like mitigating controls. So here's a mitigating control. The guy comes in, he walks right past the Ubiquiti G4 door camera, uh, beautiful photo of him with my black face mask, and then he spends 90 seconds inside the door doing we don't know what which is frustrating because he would have entered an area where I normally have a camera, but it had been down as part of the renovation. So how many times have we been doing like, let's put it back in the cybersecurity context. We've been doing work on a website or we've been doing an upgrade and we've turned something off for a little bit because of reasons. I do have another camera back up there now, uh, a better one than before. I'll talk more about that when Ubiquity says I can talk about that one, <laughs> but that's uh, that, that hole is now covered. So he's taken 90 seconds. He hasn't gone far enough around the house to be caught by the other camera at the back. So my guess is that he's probably looked around. There's tradespeople stuff all over the place because we had tilers around. So maybe he's looking for something of value. Uh, I couldn't see any signs of forced entry on windows or doors or things like that. So I imagine he's just walked around. He's tried to find some way of getting in. Doesn't look good. His car his car, the car he arrived in, is still running in the middle of the road. Now, it's 4.45 in the morning, but a lot of people here get up and are moving around at 4.45 in the morning. In fact, one of our neighbours is like, yeah, I saw that car driving around while I was out walking the dog. So he's come back and left, uh, and it's clear to see that he's not carrying anything. So the only thing that he has is my pocket knife. So I guess where we're left with this is that I lost a pocket knife and that's it, uh, which is which is not too bad. I can get another pocket knife. But I haven't been sleeping real well, if I'm honest, because I'm waking up. I literally got up at, or woke up at one o'clock yesterday morning and didn't go back to sleep again because I'm like, is the car still okay? You know, is some, like we certainly fixed all the gate problems. We, that uh, they shaved off the bottom of the gate, gate closes fine. Everything is actually more secure than what it was before for various reasons, uh, except for the fact that I still had the car on the street. And it was... It was just extraordinarily frustrating because I felt like a dickhead, obviously, for leaving the car unlocked. And and then I was angry with the tradespeople because they just shouldn't have left the gate unlocked. So we, we had we had words. I was polite, but I was like, you just can't do this. You just cannot leave stuff open. So that was kind of shit. Um, but it was kind of interesting to then see there's a WhatsApp group with the neighbourhood. It was kind of interesting to see people say, well, obviously we need more security guards. There's a bunch of people that pay for a private security company just to do laps. This isn't a gated community or anything. Anyone can drive in off the street. They pay the security company to do laps. We've got to pay them more, do more laps. I, I didn't engage in the discussion. Uh, and I also didn't tell them that only 10 minutes before the person arrived, the security car had done a lap because, of course, I put it up on the camera. And the, the thing that got me, and this comes back to the Dutch situation with Ticket Counter as well, is that this is so clearly opportunistic, unsophisticated, ill-prepared, inexperienced people. 
Same with so many of the data breaches. The guy wasn't even wearing shoes. He changed face masks. The only reason he had a weapon is because he found my pocket knife in the glove box. He probably would have been scared shitless if it had been 15 minutes later and he walked around the corner and then I was sitting there having a coffee watching the sunrise. I don't want to get in a fight with someone at all, let alone someone with a knife. He probably would have been scared shitless and run off because these people are looking for the easy wins. And it is the same with so many of these data breaches as well. We, we do what I did and leave the door open. Uh, now, do we have enough mitigating controls so that there's nothing behind the door of value or so that there are other locks after that? Well, you know, that's kind of the interesting bit, isn't it? Let's look at the comments. Uh, Stuart says, can't wait for a car full of used car to my house and offer me cold, hard cash to buy my house. <laughs> what are the chances, eh? Yeah. And I'm, I'm very careful the way I put that. Because you you also don't you want to avoid I think you want to avoid unfairly stereotyping people too. And we we sort of come back. We've had so many discussions lately around things like uh, bias in AI, etc. Because it gets trained on social norms and then it perpetuates the social norms. And we've got to try and avoid that. And it's very easy to do the same thing with situations like this as well. But part of our survival mechanism is to recognise threats. And a car full of four young guys driving around slowly feels like much more of a threat than an old couple cruising around during daylight looking at houses. You sort of go, oh, well, maybe they're looking to buy a house. Um, these guys did not look to be in the real estate business. Mitch says, we've had this happen. Oh, many of us had. Now, look, I've been here in this house for, where are we now, nearly eight years. I've had one other incident where people came up the other side through a building site. We've got a canal on the back of the house. They came up through there. There used to not be a gate where there is now a gate, and they tried some doors and then left. <laughs> Again, opportunistic. They stole cushions, cushions and flippers. <laughs> That's what they got away with. I do want to automate more. So one of the um, – and I, I think there was a comment in here. I might have just skipped over it. There was a question here, something about the, the AMG – oh, here we go, Stuart. Does the AMG have an app? that pings you when its doors are left unlocked. So there's a couple of things that the AMG doesn't do. Now, this is a 2018 vehicle, so not super new, but it's not old either by any means. So Mercedes has an app called Mercedes Me. Certainly with this car, it's complete crap. Uh, so many cars will auto-lock doors if you walk away from it with the keys, or you can configure it to do that. In fact, our neighbour who did the panelling here came around to see how it went, and she had a BMW, and she's like, yeah, I walk away and it just locks the doors. The Mercedes doesn't do that. Normally, I lock the doors. <laughs> I can't help but keep coming back to myself. Normally, I lock the doors. Um, it doesn't do that. It doesn't have any connectivity or smart integration. It's not a Tesla. It doesn't do that sort of cool stuff, uh, which is unfortunate. It's, look, it's also unfortunate that I even need to have a key. I would love to not have to have a key, and I just like use my watch or my phone or something like that. So it's just I don't think there's much more we can do with technology around locking the cars it's just an, and again it's like this cybersecurity thing right where it's just an unfortunate uh, set of colliding circumstances where it's outside it's really unusual it's not locked it's really unusual uh, someone comes by and tries the door i don't know if it's happened before but it's certainly not a regular occurrence either uh mitch yeah exactly low-hanging fruit so it's low-hanging fruit. It's just it takes a while to get over something like that, no matter how or where it happens. 
I don't, I don't feel the so much the sense of um, violation or you know I know for some people look maybe it would have been different if they had got into the home or if they had taken something of personal value or if they had damaged the car or any of those sorts of things, but I guess I'm pragmatic enough about it where it's like. In fact, I did submit a police report and do all that, and I got a call uh, from a lady yesterday from the police, and she said, you know, look, I'm calling you about the uh, the break and enter. And I kind of laughed and said, oh, I think you're being a bit generous about saying break. And she's like, no, 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 it's if it's unauthorised access, it's break and enter. And I said, oh, thanks. thank you for sharing the, the wisdom of unauthorised with me. But I was kind of laughing about it with her. Um, and where was I going with that? I don't know. I reported it. Uh, they liked the footage. <laughs> so the police have all the footage now. Maybe they'll correlate it with something. Oh, yeah. Look, it's 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 not something I feel emotionally scarred by. It's it's more the frustration of me being solely responsible for not locking the car and allowing the door to remain opened when I should have just like got on the phone to the builders like, mate, just come back and fix it. You know, I don't care if you're knocked off for the day. <laughs> you haven't finished the job. Um uh, Brian says his dryer lets him know when it's open, but his car doesn't. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? It's funny. It's very funny. Why is my dryer so much more sophisticated than my car? Now, mind you, the GTR doesn't do it either. That's a, that's a 2011 car, so that's now a 12-year-old car. That definitely doesn't do that. But also, and I'm, I'm, I'm so cautious about stuff like because I know the GTR is a bigger target, that's normally in the garage and it's locked, the car is locked, and then the garage door has a door that's locked. And then I try and park the AMG so that even if you could open the door and unlock the car, you couldn't get it out because it's in the middle, and then the carport door in front of that's locked, and there's like layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. So the chances of anyone actually stealing the car are so infinitesimally small, especially now the key safe as well. Gus says, Dan, if you do, damned if you don't. Re more laps reminds me of Cavill Ave at schoolies 20 years ago. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. Uh, yeah, we get the schoolies down here, November's. Driving around here on their motor scooters, beeping their horn right outside my office. That's what usually happens. Ben, I have one day I-20 auto locks the doors as long as they're not open, as I've found out. Yeah, and, and like this is the crazy thing. And so much of, like this is not advanced technology, right? So to have a, a premium car that doesn't do that, again, maybe if we bought the, the current model today, which is only a minor refresh anyway, it might be a different story. But it's just kind of, it's a bit sucky it doesn't do it. Stuart says, required feature for the Lambo. <laughs> That's, yeah, well, we'll talk about that another time. All right, on that note, I'm going to wrap up. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this. Sorry about the technical problems earlier on. I will try and edit that out of the uh, of the video later on and out of the podcast so that other folks don't have to listen to my failures and I will remember to be a bit more prepared in getting this ready and in locking my doors. Have a great weekend, folks. See ya.